you know, as we're going through some even some tough situations, you know, to be able to have community that just picks up and, and just comes over and, and begins to talk to you and, and display the love of God, I think is just another opportunity to be able to uh, witness the love of God. The Access More Podcast Network has faith-based shows about culture, family, and entertainment without all the other noise so you can discover inspiring conversations easier. Start listening today at accessmore.com. I think when I was having a conversation with my brother, it was like, you disciple people. He's like, huh? And I'm like, you invest, you invest. And, and, and sometimes we don't understand, but that is what discipleship, it's investment. It's actually caring about people, loving people and sharing the God, word of God with people. Mm-hmm. So tonight I'm gonna let you roll, bring them on in. Let's get this conversation started. Let's chop it up. So you might know, you might very well be familiar with the channel that this guy is behind, but you might not know the name Eric Villatoro, but he is the founder, the creative director. He's the president of Mission de la Fe and de la Fe Testimonies. And we both had our testimony drop earlier this year at the end of last year for you the beginning of the year for me Um, and there's just so much impact and the goal of De La Fe is to have the largest archive of testimonies so we thought who better than our friend Eric to jump in and share the impact of discipleship like then the one who goes and hears all these incredible interviews to see how that actually plays out in believers lives so welcome Eric it's awesome to have you yeah welcome brother Thank you guys for having me. This is a a great conversation to be a part of that I never really thought that I would be a part of in a podcast. So I'm really honored that you guys have me and I'm really, really excited to talk about this because I, I do believe this is extremely important. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and that's why when, when we were sitting here talking, we're like, who could we have? And then we, I thought about it. I'm like, wait, Eric, he, he disciples people. Right. And then I get on the phone with you and you're like, uh, I'm disciple, but I'm not quite going down that <laughs> discipleship road yet. And I'm like, no, brother, but you are. Because I think that we do get caught up in that. I think we do get caught up in this big word idea. Ooh, discipleship. And like you, we think of it as this, this grandioso package. And really, as we've gone through this season, we've learned that it's just like this organic um, movement of the spirit, right? Like the spirit mm-hmm. just moves. It's, it's not like you can just set this up. It's, it's got to be something between two people. And as I'm thinking about your ministry, which I want you to tell us about, I, I started to see that like your ministry is reaching people and you're investing in people and you're giving love to people. And it's actually bringing out these, these stories and these testimonies that can help people. Um, I gave my life to Jesus four years ago. Um, fully surrendered in my bedroom, um, cried out to God, you know, I was in the lowest point in my life and, uh, I had been searching for love my entire life, um, from as earliest as I can remember, you know, my parents were divorced, well, not divorced. They were separated. They were never married. They were just separated. And so I, I never really got to see them together, um, through the separation, uh, um, a lot of things came into play. No father figure at some point, no mother figure at some point, because at some point I was with my mom and then another point I was with my dad. And so uh, in between that time, uh, you know, pornography was introduced, uh, molestation was introduced into my life, uh, sexual brokenness was introduced into my life. And so when I give my life to Jesus, um, I come into this place where um, I realize that Uh, I'm dealing with these thoughts. I'm dealing with this bondage that I've never 
shared with anybody ever. I mean, I was 23 and I hadn't told anybody that I was molested as a kid, um, that, you know, that I was struggling with all of these different things. And so, uh, when Jesus comes into my life, um, now it's no longer a story of trauma, but now it becomes a testimony, right? Because Mm -hmm. now he's healing me. He's restoring me. He's setting me free. And, uh, and so that's where the passion for testimony came about is I myself was given a testimony, um, through Jesus and now I wanted to share it with people. And so as I begin to share it with people and I begin to see the power of testimony, um, uh, it got me more excited. And then I saw, uh, through revelation 12, 11, right. The power of testimony. It says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Other, other, uh, translation says they defeated him mm-hmm. by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony for they didn't love, for they didn't love their lives so much as to shy away from death. Right. Mm-hmm. And so to me, what I read was a formula of how the devil was going to be defeated. And so that's where my love and passion for testimony really comes from is from personal experience um, and then from seeing it come alive in, in the word of God. It's God's testimony of what he's done in your life and what you said about the shame and the uncertainty and not knowing how to actually go out and do that. That takes for many of us, it takes the love of the Lord in us feeling loved by him. And then also often encouragement from others to share it to one convince us it's something worth sharing that could actually be a value that could minister to the hearts of others who feel alone. Like they're the only one that's ever dealt with this, but also it's, it's shining a light on darkness. And so who was really influential to you? Mm. You first, you came to Christ in a very private way, like I did in your bedroom. For me, it was on a couch. Um, what was, like, who was there for you in the Christian space, like believers, when you first yeah. came? Yeah, I have a, a, and this is why this topic is so, you know, so dear to my heart, because I immediately came under discipleship. Mm. Um uh, the Lord is very strategic in not wasting any time in putting uh, a covering over me and putting leaders over me. So, so at, uh, part of my testimony is um, I was heartbroken. You know, I, w- I was at the lowest point of my life and um, you know, I, I was coming out of a six year relationship with this young lady and um, her friend actually invites me to her uh, youth group, like her youth, uh, a youth gathering at her church. Um, She knew that I was, you know, in a bad place. I was hurting. She didn't know of all the stuff deep inside that nobody knew about, Mm -hmm. but she at least knew that I was heartbroken. And so she invited me to this, uh, to this youth night. And I said, okay, cool. Because I had been praying about it. I had been praying in my room. I had prayed for God to provide a church for me because I knew that I needed community. I somehow knew that, that I just Mm -hmm. wanted people around me and I didn't want the same people around me that I had at that time. And so I went to this uh, youth uh, night and immediately I was interested because I was seeing people that look like me, that dress like me, that weren't trying to act like super churchy or super religious. Right. <laughs> you know, they were just young people that love Jesus and you can tell. And so um, to answer your question, I immediately began to get discipled by uh, the, the the youth pastor. Hmm. 
and because he had a life group. And so, uh, funny enough, I think it was maybe the third night that I, that I came to the youth group cause I didn't stop going. I went that one time and then I just kept going. Um, I think it was a third night, uh, they started talking about, um, life groups and how it was important for everybody there to join a life group, to not just stay, you know, in this place of just coming, uh, you know, every other Friday, cause it would be a biweekly mm-hmm. gathering. So they wanted to encourage you. They, they they were adamant about, hey, join a life group. That's where you're going to continue to grow, where it's, you know, you're going to be able to go deeper. And I wasn't going to go up um, because I was shy and I just didn't feel like I needed it. And I wasn't going to go up and, you know, say, hey, I'm going to join a life group. I didn't even really fully know what that meant. Um and this was pro- this honestly was probably the only time that I that I felt like I heard the audible voice of God, and 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 it's a we it was a weird experience because it wasn't like it was like audible, but it was like inside of me. It was yes. this weird thing that really right. shook me. But it was literally God saying, "Get up," and um and I knew He was telling me to go talk to the the the, the youth pastor because he was they're doing a, like an altar call, and I went up. And I said, hey, I'll, I'll, I'm interested in, in the life group. And the rest was history. He he actually was in the same community that I was in. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, we were both in the hood. <laughs> and uh, so he was like 10 minutes away from me. And he began to disciple me. And then, you know, literally my life completely changed because uh, he began to really teach me the word of God, uh, answer my questions that, you know, that were burning in my heart. He was able to correct me in areas that I needed correcting. And so he came alongside of me. And then from there, there was just a chain of people that began to, you know, come alongside of me to, 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 to really help me in, in my walk with Jesus. I think it's always amazing when I hear these stories of community coming together, because I think a lot of people these days are sitting at home and they're like, I don't need church. I don't, I, I don't need this community or they have this dream of Acts chapter two, which uh, I have, I have that same dream. I'm like, man, breaking bread together, studying the scripture together, mm-hmm. being together, look, selling all my possessions and taking care of one another. Right. So I wanted to kind of look at that. Cause I mean, this story is awesome. You know, out of a six year relationship, her friend says, Hey, let's go to church. Okay, cool. Right. And then you walk into church and now, now all of a sudden it's all lining up. You got these, you know, everything's kind of clicking, you know, mm-hmm. the audible voice. Yeah. Hey, look, y'all, it's not crazy. It's a nudging. Uh, the Holy spirit nudges us. Um, yeah. he who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit is saying. Yeah, it comes to the word of God, but it also there's times when I know that he's like, get up and move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, okay, let's 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 just see where this takes us. But I want to sit there on community for a minute now, and, and I want you to ask, and I want to ask you a couple questions on that because you said it's important to you, but why is it important to you? Why why is community so important to you in your walk, even now in your faith? Um, well, there, there's multiple reasons why community is, is important to me. And honestly, I'm still learning the, the, the importance of it. Um, but from my experience is just, has been really great to have people that know more than me, you know, that are able to, again, correct me, uh, when I'm wrong, you know, that are able to, uh, encourage me when I need encouragement, um, when, uh, that are able to pray for me when I don't even know that I need prayer, you know, um, even, even right now, you know, as we're going through some, even some tough situations, you know, to be able to have community that just picks up, uh, 
um, and, and just comes over and, and begins to talk to you and, and serve you and uh, display the love of God, I think it's just another opportunity to be able to uh, witness the love of God, you know, uh, tangibly see uh, and experience the love of Jesus through people. Um, and so community for me it, it has been a, a very, very important part of my walk with Jesus. And, um, and I'm excited for it to grow because now I'm looking at it even from a different perspective where now it's, it's, it's getting deeper as far as, um, 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 I mentioned spiritual covering, but now even to the ministry, you know, having people that are overseeing and are covering us as a ministry. Um, so to make sure that we're doing things properly, you know, that we are not overstepping. Um, and so it just, it gets really deep for me, but, um, at, at his most basic level and most important, I think it just displays the love of Jesus for me in, in a way that is tangible, you know? Mm -hmm. You're, you're in a ministry now, four years in, some people might feel like they're not even qualified to disciple someone four years in, right? But that's not how the spirit works. That's not how God works. And he works with those who are willing. He works with those who are willing to trust in him and all this. And I'm, I'm curious, you're receiving correction in something that's creatively expressed. It's also testimonies, which are very personal. Um, and, you know, correction can be something that gets people really sensitive. So what's it been like for you and what, what's the fruits of that been? Well, I'll say this, that for, for what we're doing, um, thankfully we haven't gotten to a place where we've like crossed any lines, right. you know what I mean? <laughs> where we've gone out and done some out of boundary stuff, you know, right. um, we've been, we, we've, through through uh, the Lord's guidance, we've to this point have done things well. Right, I would agree. Um, and so we we I haven't really received any huge correction per se. Yeah. Um, but what we have done is created an open space for people to correct us at any time. And by people, I mean, you know, leaders and people that I trust that are around me from our church, from our community. Um, there's, there's specific people that I have given access to be able to reach out to me. Um, if at any point they see anything that is steering away from scripture or that is steering away from accurately representing the heart of God. So thankfully there hasn't been any huge correction, but there has been some conversations where it's like, Hey, like uh, you used to do this, but you don't do it anymore. Like why, you know, just encouragement or, or challenging uh, to be able to improve in certain areas. And so, um, but I'm looking forward to it. You know, if that, if at any point it comes a time where we need to be corrected, right. uh, people have that open door to be able to do that. And so, you know, I'll be able to look forward to that. But thankfully right now we're, we're, we're doing, we're doing all right. And we're, we're, we're a baby, you know, we're one year and right. a half in or something. Yeah. I also, oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, as the close, like, I actually think that because of the discipleship you received so early on, that's kind of, that's the fruit, For sure. right? 100%. Like the fruit is like, you didn't just go buck wild by yourself, yep. guns blazing. And then people ha and you have to backtrack because yeah. you, you flew off by yourself saying, I don't need anybody else. And instead you humbled yourself early on. And so now the fruit is there's less extreme need 
for the kind of correction people fear getting. It's not that you're perfect, 100%. but like that, I see that as fruit too. I, I, and I also look at it like this, when we put ourselves in a position of accountability, we're being accountable <laughs> and it's like, okay, so I know that, that people are listening. Um, it's also, you know, we, we've always been, uh, blessed to also have our pastors behind us. Mm-hmm. Like, and so they listen, it's like, okay, cool. And they've never really come after us. So except they've come on the show, but, not, <laughs> but, but it's always nice. It's, it's like, it's like, you know, that people are listening also. And I think that's also another big thing is that we're always, we talk about this covering and we talk about, um, this discipleship and we talk about like being, uh, accountable to people. And sometimes I think that pressures people and they're like, well, but I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. But like, there's nowhere in the Bible that I've ever come across where it's not like, okay, so confess my sins to my brothers or hold on, reach out to my brother who's in trouble or wait, hold on. It always seems like there's a communal aspect to this. Yeah. And and that's the Bible. And it's not like I have somebody who's leering over my shoulder. Like you just said, it's not like you've been hugely corrected on anything, but you've given them access. Mm-hmm. And that is discipleship. Um, and so as we, as I'm going to move this a little mm-hmm. bit here, cause I'm going to move this over because we keep talking about you being discipled, you being discipled, you being mm-hmm. discipled, you being discipled. Well, you have a team now, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> and, 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 and when your team started, how many people did you have? Um, it was just me and one other person. And now how many do you have? Um, I think we are with volunteers and people on staff, Probably about 10, 10, 11, somewhere around there. Okay. And my next question for you, are you investing in their lives? Uh, yes. I, you know, that was actually what I was, what I was thinking about <laughs> when, um, when you guys were, were talking at the start of that episode, cause I've been thinking about what you said last time when we talked and you were like, man, you, you're discipling people, but we were specifically talking about like, uh, the, the people that are going through the process, right. uh, when, when sharing their testimony. And I was like, and I, and I received it, but then I was thinking about it and we can talk about it, but I was like, I don't know if that's discipleship because, right. um, I'm not really doing life with them. Right. right. Like we right. have a couple of calls and right. they're able to learn and, and that yes, they have, we have a moment of like discipleship, but right. it's not fully discipleship because they're not getting yeah. to see my life. They're not getting to see how I live and learn right from me. Mm-hmm. But what I did what did came to mind was my team. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, and that just hit me as you were talking earlier. I was like, Oh wait, like I am to some extent discipling my team. Cause they're getting to learn from me. They're getting to see what Jesus is doing through my life. They're getting to witness, um, uh, just how I, how I'm living and learn from it. So I see where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because as, even when we first talk, so I, I always think like, so when I sat down in, in this chair and talked to you, yeah. Okay. So I'm, t- I'm speaking from my side of things. You, yeah, it's a momentary brief time of interaction, right? Mm-hmm. But it's a time of, of intervention. Yeah. Okay. According to the, the, the discipleship, you know, cue, which honestly, how many churches are really teaching discipleship? Very few. Um, how many classes can you take in college for discipleship? Um, probably very, very few. And so mm-hmm. how is discipleship defined? And it's always come back to investment. And I'm not trying to fight this as like not being a portion, of but course. you're, you're breaking 
into someone's life. Like they're like, oh, man, I'm going to share, but maybe they're not already there to share. And I also watch you sometimes in the chair help people along, right? Yeah. And and what you're doing is you're helping them unpack a part of their life. So in that in that brief instance, but then from that point to now, I've watched like like I'm watching your group grow because I watch you online, and it's like hold on, there's more faces, there's more faces. So then yeah. I switched it as like wait, hold on, this brother's discipling people. What I really like, I almost see it as like micro discipleship. Maybe it's like a taste of it, but you're absolutely right. I'm glad that you went there because it isn't that long term, lifelong investment into somebody where you're seeing one another's lives and you can pour into them and all that stuff. But I think for some, since, you know, when we're talking to people, a lot of people are like, I don't have anyone or I don't have community. I don't know how to have community. I don't have discipleship. It might give them a taste because you're talking to them about one of the most sensitive things in their life is their testimony. It's one of the most personal, private, and sometimes they're sharing something for the first time on camera because they feel comfortable and supported by you. So I think that that could be maybe a taste that then they can maybe jump off from there and see that they liked that, they that was beneficial and they should go try and pursue that. But yeah, I do want to dive in deeper into you and your team and what it's been like because, you know, you yourself you haven't been in that long. You've grown so much. Your faith has grown. Discipleship has blossomed you, right? So it's not really a factor of how long, but I like to always bring that up because people use that as a, as a reason to kind of feel discouraged, right? But now you're in charge of a ministry, in charge of a team. What's it been like discipling them and what have you learned from that? Yeah, well, I think I'm um, kind of learning as I go. Right. Mm. Um, I, I think the, the thing about me is that I, I genuinely care about what is going on in their life. I genuinely care about what God wants to do through them. And so out of that, um, you know, I'm able to make decisions to to be able to help them. But again, I, but this has been kind of not being conscious that it is mm-hmm. discipleship. Exactly. I, I mean, it honestly didn't even fully hit me until like we were just talking Right. You know, right now right. that 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 is what it is. You know, I I knew that there was a responsibility, you know, to be able to uh, pour into their lives and, and to be able to um, help them out in any way that I can, you know, um, and to make sure that they're they're also in um, uh, continuing to walk in relationship with Jesus. But I honestly never really put it in a category of discipleship, but um it's, it's becoming very evident that, that, that is what's happening. And so, um, I'm figuring it out. Right. No, I love that because I think that that, this is the perfect wrap up episode because you've already touched on something that people might not realize Mm -hmm. that this is not, we're using the the quote unquote proper term and we're referencing the great commission, but this is something that when you have a heart for others and you want you genuinely care. It's something that's happening. And there's people out there like, man, I'm not being discipled or man, I'm not discipling anyone because they've never labeled it. And I don't think you have to, if you like, if, if you just come to realize that that's what it is, but I think you hit the nail on the head. Like it's, it's something that does come. Um, and there's only a few little things that need to be in the mix, availability, investment, willingness, Right. You know, and and so I think that that's really an important thing to highlight. 
No, that's good. That's good. I think that as we learn this and, and different churches, different ways, I, mm-hmm. I'm always down with that. You know, I've seen it different ways. I see that they've had like some churches have some bomb, you know, that like you walk in and it's like discipleship. And <laughs> I don't know how that would feel, <laughs> but, but I, you know, then you take a church like ours that has like organic discipleship. It's kind of like availability, adding people into your schedule. Uh, but it's, it's purposeful. Mm-hmm. It's something that's on the minds and it's not something like, Hey, look, I'm going to walk out here and these are the 12 guys I'm going to disciple. And you put it in your head, those are the 12. And it's like, well, okay, Jesus did that. <laughs> he kind of, he kind of knew a lot more than we do about who was going to do what. Um, mm-hmm. And then you get into the bump and the grind of it. But you know, also again, I, I just, I don't know why I just love you, brother. That's why. But <laughs> you also are married. Right. Yeah. So you're already discipling. <laughs> Yeah, that's been a journey in itself. <laughs> Would you care yeah. to share any tidbits about that? Because that's something we've only touched on on like one episode this season. So if you have anything to add. As, yeah, as far as discipling in marriage. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, that's like, in itself has been a journey. <laughs> right. Yeah, because, you know, even at first, um, you know, that, that in itself was a struggle. The reality that. You know, I have a responsibility um, to disciple my home. Um, I didn't really understand that. I didn't know that was a, a thing. My my mentality was, well, uh, I have a pastor. You have a pastor. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like right. we gonna learn from our pastors. We're gonna learn from our leaders. And obviously, that was part of a, a, of a correction, right? That mm-hmm. uh, through through being discipled, I was corrected. You know that yeah. mindset of like, hey, no, you're you're the priest of your home. You know what I mean? You have to right. be able to um, uh, disciple uh, uh, your home. I, I'm using discipleship because right. we're talking about discipleship, but it was you know the, the term was you you're supposed to lead, you know, right. and be able to um, continue to. Uh, uh, help your wife in, in her walk with Jesus. And so that in itself has been something new. I can't say that I have any, um, crazy advice. Um, again, it's just taking a day by day, praying together, making sure that I'm sharing revelation with her, that I'm receiving, being attentive when she has revelation, um, and the Lord is sharing things with her and not, not being dismissive, not, not acting like I know it all. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I, I learned that, you know, a couple of days ago, or, or I learned that months ago, but being able to, uh, listen to her and encourage her as the Lord is revealing new things to her. You know, that has been a journey. Um, praying together is still a struggle. You know, that's not something that's consistent. It's still weird, you know, to to pray together. Um, we have different ways of praying. Right. And so, uh, that's still like, you know, something that we, we we're working on, but, um, it's a journey, but, but it is exciting to, to be able to know that, um, um, that we can do this together and that, that I do have authority in my home and I'm able to lead her closer to Jesus. So, uh, I'm excited to see how that develops in the years to come. We're only what three months, three yeah, four months see, married. See, I didn't want to throw that out there. Well, no, but see, here's what I love: is he humbly is yes. like he's like he knows he's three months in. He's humbly like I don't have that much, and then he drops a book worth of points <laughs> that people ten years in might not even grasp. Right. And so I think again, that's another fruit of discipleship. Right. Is discipleship, it speeds 100%. it up so right. much. Like, yeah, you might come to that conclusion. 15 years from now, or with discipleship that might come to you in 15 minutes. You don't know, but it's worth it. It's worth being in community. Even if you don't want that 
first and foremost that you can't find that, like you said, plugging in to a life group, people that are doing life together. That's another form of, you know, mm-hmm. group discipleship where everyone in there has something figured out better than someone else. Yeah. Walking you know? with couples too. That, yes. that helps a lot. Man. Yes. Man, I, I, so then I'm thinking like, this dude started a life group in the youth group. Yeah. So I just had this epiphany for our own. But anyways. Right. Like, that's I'm brilliant. Like, that's brilliant. That's like, okay, we're starting young because it does carry over because especially for men, especially when we, we break out men's groups, um, taking the youth aside and speaking to the boys or the men, you know, the up and coming men mm-hmm. and, and really digging in and showing them, hey, look, this is spiritual. This is spiritual manhood. Like, like not, not macho manhood. This is spiritual manhood. So what does that mean? What does that entail? How am I supposed to move forward? How am I supposed to cover down? Like he's talking, like, like Eric's sitting here talking about Mm -hmm. you're in the word of God. I know you're in the word of God. I can hear it from your, from what I'm hearing. You know, it says you'll know them by their fruit and I'm listening to you talk and you're like, well, I, you know, I'm three months in and then you just dropped, like she said, a whole book (laughs) and I'm like, okay, well there's been feeding in here. Right. And, and, sure. and really, and really, that's what this is all about. This and now, watch this feeling. Like, and, and I and I talk about this all the time. This feeding. It's like some people want to just sit there and be fed, 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 fed. But really, what this is all about is is taking what you're receiving and then and then and, and ushering it out to others. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow. Okay, hold on. I want to be a reflection of Christ. I want to be Christ-like. I want to, you know, I want to be like Christ. You know. Um, and it's like, whoa, whoa. And I'm listening to you talk about this and I'm like, this is so awesome, like three months in. But let me tell you something, five and a half years in and I finally got knocked inside the head by the Holy Spirit and said, hold on, Shay, you haven't been like you've been doing all these podcasts, all these episodes, all this other stuff with your wife, youth with your wife. But when was the last time you sat down, and had a marriage devotional with your wife? And five and a half, bro, this was just between <laughs> Christmas and New Year's. And I'm like, oh, snap. So. Now we're doing marriage, uh, marriage, uh, marriage, uh, devotionals. Gary, let me tell you something about marriage devotionals. Here's a, here's a little word for you. <laughs> Get a good marriage devotional hmm. because they bring up all the points that you can't just push out to the other person <laughs> and don't go looking for it. Just right. let it come in organically right. and they'll bring up these points that you right. have to really think about and focus on. And we're like, okay, I didn't say it to her. She didn't say it to me. I can't be offended because this is the third this party is coming the prompt. in. Yeah, this is the prompt. And, and then you talk about it and it actually helps in, in your marriage. Um, so where do you look at yourself going from here? Um, you know, your day La Fe is growing. Um, your team is going to probably end up getting bigger. Maybe, I don't know. We'll see whatever God has, you know, whatever God has in, in store for y'all. And how do you, how do you plan to continue to feed your spirit life? And how do you plan with everything, the chaos, the, the craziness, because we know, we know in ministry how crazy it gets and how consuming and time consuming it can get. How is Eric going to continue to feed that that necessity of of being spoken to through the Holy Spirit by the Holy Spirit well the first thing is is you know the the most foundational ones which is being consistent in the word of God um, being consistent in my alone time with God in prayer um so, so that is at, at, at its core, you know, in the foundation, that's always in the forefront for me, you know? Um, and yes, it, it, 
especially now when things are amping up and there's so there's so much to do so much distraction you know mm-hmm. uh that can come into play there literally i've gotten to a point now where there's always something to do right um and i i can't say that i was there a year ago and so now i'm in a different place where you know i i i have to be very conscious about my alone time with god and so um that that is at his foundation the the other part though um is continuing to have mentorship uh i received i don't know if that's the right term but i the lord blessed me with my first mentor mentor about a year about a year ago right before we launched lfa testimonies his name is willem griffey and he goes to my church um um beautiful man of god and so much wisdom and so he he's helped me a lot and poured a lot into me a lot of wisdom even in business and different things that i need to know even to starting a nonprofit. um but he's also been very very key in uh pouring into my marriage because he's he's obviously married and he's he's had a rough patch and in his marriage and he's learned a lot and so he's been able to really point some things out when everything is getting busy he knows about that and so he's able to remind me um about the important things right um, and so going forward, that's another thing that I believe the Lord is, is looking to establish in me is putting more mentors in my life. Um, for example, I just went to India, um, and he doesn't know this yet. Um, but you know, the, 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 the leader that I met in India, everything that the Lord has done through him is, is absolutely incredible. And, you know, the Lord has been speaking to him, uh, to me about specifically talking to him about, uh, a mentorship, um, and, this guy is 70 years old, right? Um, and has been in the persecuted church, has been persecuted himself, has been stoned at some point for his faith, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and so that's another way for me to continue to be spiritually fed. Um, it doesn't replace the word of God. It doesn't replace alone time with God, but it allows me to learn from men who have walked this, uh, walk with Jesus and, in, in a different way, in a very real way. And, and so that, I, that's another way that I'm believing that the Lord is going to continue to uh, expand me and encourage me and challenge me is by learning um, by different men from a mentorship level, which is obviously different than just a friend, right? Like right. Um, there's an intentional um, learning that happens because they know more than I do in various areas. Um, so that's, that's what I would say in, in short, what I'm seeing right now yeah. to be able to continue to grow. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think as, as we kind of wrap it up, you know, this whole season, right. We, we normally wrap it up by ourselves, but we thought what better than to bring in a friend that is done so much in our lives as well. Like, I think there's something big in what you've done and what we've broken bread together. Um, shout out to Genesis. We love her daughter loves her, uh, and you, but I think that, um, all that to say the, the work that has been poured into you has, has opened this up. The, one of the biggest, most obvious public visible fruits is all these testimonies of people that the testimony would exist with or without 
the channel with or without the ministry, but would they have been shared and would they have been heard? Mm. And how many people in each comment section are saying, you're describing my life. Oh my gosh. It's like, I'm listening to myself. Oh, I can so relate. I thought I was the only one. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. In every single video you put out. And I think that that is one of the most powerful, you know, I guess reviews, right. That you could leave for the benefit of humbling yourself under those who have walked with Jesus for longer because you did it and it was like fertilizer in your life. And when the Lord gave you an idea, you ran with it in a way that honors him, that obeys what he's calling you to do. And it has become this, this huge thing that people like they go to be encouraged and to find support and they share certain stories with people Mm. that are struggling with their faith or haven't come to Christ yet. All these things, other people's stories are doing that because some, because people were pouring into you, you know? So it's not just, Oh, you know, Eric's so great. The people pouring in and investing into you, you know, it's their fruit as well. And I think that that's something that is important to sit on that's the magnitude that you can't predict, but that can come from just investing and passing the light of Christ on to somebody else and caring about someone's life past Sunday. Yeah, you know, uh, the the pattern in my life has always been submission. Um, and, and through submitting, first submitting t- to God, then submitting to the leadership that he brings because he's, he's always going to bring some type of leadership in your life. He's not going to just leave you hanging. Um, you know, I asked for a church. Um, I, I first submitted to him, then I asked for a church and then he gave me a church. So there was leadership there. And so I began to submit to the leadership. Um, and as I began to submit to the leadership, um, everything just kind of started clicking, you know? Um, and so what I always recommend people, even new people that come to our church, um, and I can tell that they have a zeal to, to serve God, to be able to, um, you know, use their gifts for God. I, I always encourage them, no matter what the gift is, um, to submit, mm. um, and to just be patient. Um, that's what I did. That's what I continue to do. I continue to find ways, um, where I can submit to, to my leader, uh, my leadership. And then it's just, the Lord kind of works everything out. He continues to bring new people to pour into me, you know? Um, I've never had to, ever since I've been walking with Jesus, I've never had to go out of my way to look for people to pour into me. Um, He brings the people and then all I have to do to submit, what I've noticed is that a lot of people have a problem with submitting. And so they're always in a bad place because, oh, this, I'm, I'm looking at this leader in front of me and yes, they're my leader, but uh, I see the flaws and I can't submit to this person because I don't like this about them or that about them. Right. Um, but I, but I believe if we were to just trust God and not man, um, and, and submit that we would see a lot of fruit, um, and we would avoid a lot of problems. And so for that person who, um, is looking for, um, um, a person that can pour into them, I would first say, look at who God has placed around you. Um, as far as leadership, trust God, submit to them, and then just wait. Wow. Powerful. Amen. Powerful. 
two two things that stood out as we close up for the mm-hmm. season. Um, submit. Uh, that's that's a very powerful one. And you know, humble yourself therefore before before the, under the mighty hand of God. And then you can also carry that over then into Ephesians, uh, Ephesians five twenty one. It says submitting to one another out of reverence of Christ. And then really the one that was hitting me the whole time you were talking was pour into, pour into, pour into, pour into. And that took me to Psalms 23, five, where it says, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. And that is that pouring in when we're submitted to God and we're allowing God to do the work in our lives and we're allowing God to move in our lives. Then we're, we're going to start to hear people. We're going to start to watch. We're going to be poured into. We're going to be pouring. It's like this continuous waterfall. If you were to think about this for a minute, it's just like a waterfall starts up here and it hits the rocks and just keeps going over and over and over and over. And it gets in the pool and it hits in the pool for a little bit. Right. But it doesn't stop, does it? It just keeps going and going and going and going. And it's an amazing thing to watch this just continue Mm -hmm. to happen in people's lives when we learn to submit and have humility in this. Does it hurt? Yes. Does it rub us wrong sometimes? Absolutely. Do we have to sit there and swallow our pride a lot? I do. And so thank you, Eric. Thank you for just coming on the show. Thank you for sharing your, your testimony, your, your testimony in in discipleship. Uh, First time in in that case, right? (laughs) (laughs) I I, I was reading, I was reading all these, these things on your channel or on the channel. They're like, Eric, when are we going to hear yours? Eric, when are we going to hear yours? <laughs> and so uh, I feel, I feel honored. Listen, but I feel honored it's to even to have this, this glimpse into this much of your right. life. And brother, it has been a pleasure to meet you. We don't get to break bread with a lot of people that we get to interview. So this is awesome. Yeah. Um, and God bless you, bro. Yeah. And for everybody you listening, you can check out De La Fe Testimonies on YouTube, as well as all of the shorts and reels and all the stuff that are playing all over social media, wherever you find find videos. They're all over the place. They're accessible. You can grab them. You can also support them at missiondelafay.com and through, you know, YouTube, you can get all those links. And for us, you can get the show notes for this episode and easy click throughs to support De La Fay at thepantrypodcast.com. And as always, we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. The Pantry Podcast is also honored to be featured on the Edify app, Spark Radio, Spark Media on Uplifted, and Eternity Ready Radio.